It's the Afternoon Stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. Everybody stay calm. Stay calm. Let's take some calls from the public, shall we? Join the Afternoon Stretch now at 615-844-5600. Now here's Bruno and Zach. Four o'clock here in the Music City, so you know what time it is. Time for the afternoon stretch here on Nashville Sports Radio. Bruno Reagan, Devil McKenzie, Zach Williams, all present and accounted for today here on Nashville Sports Radio. Hope everybody is having a terrific Tuesday, January 24th. We're almost through the month of January. We're almost one month done of 2023. It's getting really, really close. You just got to absorb it and move on and take precious account of everyone in your life and, and thankful for all the good things that you have in your life. You know, that's 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 our message today. We're starting off the show with a, a good message today, and we have a good show today as well. Tuesdays, we get in it with some college basketball talk at 425. We'll have Blake Lovell of the southeastern14.com joining us, talking all things college basketball at 525. Our good buddy Alex Daughtery of A to Z Sports will be joining us as well talking all things Preds with him. But, of course, if you want to jump in on the conversation, 615-844-5600. That is the number to jump into today. Bruno, we are two days away from T-Line. We're going to be at T-Line this Thursday. Yeah, I totally, uh, I totally forgot about that. That's a good change-up for me. I would like to to go to T-Line. It's going to be tough, though, for you because you're doing so well. No, it's not. You're going to be able to just... Uh, no, yesterday I went to... Uh, or are you going to starve yourself for two days to have pizza on Thursday? No, I save that for Sunday. I save, like, unlimited carbs. It's not like I... I'm really not too restrictive right now. The calorie difference was bad for yesterday. Yesterday I was doing judo. So I do my trainings in the morning, and that was Monday. So it was legs, then speed training, then judo at night. So the low calories really got to me at judo i felt like i was gonna fall asleep in any moment like by the time i got home i was shaking but it's the diet part really isn't that hard anymore because you start to get addicted to like the success of it like i told you i'm in the 40s for the first time Mm -hmm. heck it's been years which is huge and if i can get to you know if by the end of football if i can get into the low two the low 290s or 290 in general if i could just see two again on the scale like that would mean the world that's that would be insane first off because we're talking about usfl that's four four not, months that bad of, a, of a full like from training to four months of yeah actual season well to drop takes, that much it, weight it takes your it takes your it takes your body what a month to like adapt that's to 50 new pounds habits. Huh? Yeah. That'd be 50 pounds. That's that's a dramatic weight loss in in four months. It would be. Well, you have to have a healthy relationship with food. So it's not like I cut anything out. So like last night uh, I went and I, for what I do, like it was what, 930 at night? You know, I'm not cooking anything. I just want to get home and get to bed. So I went to Wendy's and I ordered a Baconator, but it was just the double sandwich. Well, they gave me a small fry because I waited a long time. And it wasn't like, <gasps> I was like, oh, a small fry. And I ate it. And I woke up and I was, you know, I'm still in the 40s. It's not like I shot back up to 65 or 75. So it's just like just not being too restrictive. Well, it's water intake. I, and I There's told, a lot of varying no. factors when you're on the nines. Well, the, the main problem is, you know, adapting to this new thing. You feel different in all ways. So I'm, I'm pretty irritable now. So people call me, people text me about 
stuff I don't care about. So usually I'm able to put up a front like and have a conversation just to uh, be nice. Mr. Bruno, can you get me on the Vandy football team? I, I, get, <laughs> I get a lot of that. I get a lot of people. One person damned me and they were like, hey, I know I'd like Vandy football. You like Vandy football. We're both linemen. You should get me on the podcast. And I <laughs> I mean, straight to the moon for me. You know what I mean? That that yeah. sends me into orbit. I, I just don't respond to those ones. So <laughs> it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm not. Hey, I'm not in the best mood all the times because I'm not eating 5,000 calories a day anymore. To be but. fair, Bruno, you're not like it's it's pretty quick to say something to you and you can be like, now I'm upset. Like even beforehand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm no, saying. I, but I feel a lot more checked out right now than I do for the most part. Well, you're a carb flu, man. Like, I know you're still going not too carbs, but you start, you start, you start limiting off all your, uh, oh man, I have my video up. You start, you start limiting all your, you know, intake anyway, just people, when you lose weight, when I be skinny when and I feel, unhappy or fat and, uh, if, and very happy. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to do keto. Like if I feel like I'm keto fluing, I will eat carbs. I'll eat a chicken and rice or something like that. Like it's not, it's not something I'm scared of, but it, you know, I, I would, I would kill like a pizza every weekend or something like just not just not the way to live your life man i really what inspired me was uh saragusa dying i don't know if you know who saragusa yeah. is he was one of the yeah he's one of legendary Seragusa. legendary member ravens. of uh, the ravens um yeah he was always a super big guy he's probably played around 350 360 is what it looked like and you know he was always big and i just don't want that to be me i don't want to be i don't want to i don't want to die young i enjoy life i'll tell you a guy that i think i i think we said this on the show back when i i met him for the first time uh but i've talked to him again since was at titans training camp when they had uh like what do you call it, like the alumni or whatever show yeah. up zach pillar i was sitting there talking to zach pillar and never met him before uh he was he was awesome if you're not watching the video, you just miss a lot of good stuff. Uh, but Zach Pillar was awesome uh, to talk to, former Titan, obviously. And I remember I even said to him, I was like, you don't, you may not know who this person is, but you look just like my co-host, Bruno. <laughs> like, dude, like you're, that's how you're going to look, which he's a big dude, but he's not like, you're not like, oh my gosh, he's just a, like you would say he's a big dude. That's the important thing. I'm always going to be a big dude. I'm never not going to be a big dude. My goal yeah. is 290. That's very much not unreasonable you're slim at 290 though i was you're you're slim now for your size for like if you tell your weight you don't look like it yeah well when i so this is a funny story i told you i'll tell the air right now if you want to guess <laughs> so i was on i was at the usfl and i when did i get drafted it was like mid-february and the league started march 23rd so there wasn't a lot of time to be ready i wasn't training i was doing nothing like that was that was a weird time in my life so I was probably 370, and I like got down to 55 doing some hard cutting, but it wasn't sustainable, so I get back up to 65. So I'm playing in the USFL at 65, which is bad. That's bad. But I was still doing well, and I was in the elevator. We were all in the same spot. Like All the teams were in the same hotel. So I was in the elevator with the breakers coaches, and they were like, man, you're like, you're pretty good. You know, They were looking at me. They were looking <laughs> me up and down. They were like, how much do you weigh? I was 365, and I was like, oh, 340. 340 right now. They're like, man, you carry 340 really well. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> they'll, idiots. They'll never know. <laughs> you had no idea. But yeah, I remember my dad took a picture of me in high school when I was at seven. I just broke 75, which was like the weight limit for heavyweight. And my dad was like, staring right there. And he took a picture of me and he was like, this is what 275 looks like. And hey, I was so lean, it was absurd. <laughs> so 
I, I'm pretty dedicated to it right now. I'm I'm looking forward to coming back after football. I, I think I I can get down to three ten, three fifteen during football. At some point, it's going to really catch up to my performance, like losing all that. Oh, for fast. sure. Well, it's just mass. But today, I th- last week I had trouble throwing around two forty five on incline bench. Today I threw around two fifty five just fine, and I'm down twenty five pounds. So it's not I'm not losing strength yet. Right back it, into it. it no, I mean there. you're still young enough to where you can do it. You know that's the real side of it. Once you start, I don't. I don't know what the age is because I don't think I'm there yet either. But at some point, I hear you get old enough. Your body's just like, no, we're not going to make protein anymore and make muscle out of it. <laughs> like that's just how it's going to go. I, I've never cared about strength either. It's not my thing. I I like functional movement. That's always been my thing, which mm. is what carried me to success in judo and wrestling. So. Uh, so last night, right as we got done with the show, you actually sent me a tweet, uh, talking about Tom Brady, mm-hmm. uh, on his own, on his show, own podcast, Tom Brady's podcast, which there, never gets in the news for anything. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's, what's it called? It's called let's go. I think it's on Sirius XM actually. It's a, it's a show on Sirius XM, but, uh, uh. The let's go. That's what it's called. Let's go. That's his little thing because he runs down the field and he screams, let's go, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Larry Fitzgerald, Jim Gray, Tom Brady. Uh, Jim Gray asks a, just a question that everybody has because this is this is what it is today. This is where we're at. I mean, today on Pat McAfee, you had Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays as they do, and he was asked the same question. Tom Brady's going to be asked this question. What is next for you uh, let's listen into a second here of what Tom Brady's answer was. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to f***ing do, I'd have already f***ing done it. Okay, I'll take it a day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratchy. It's only I'm the scratchy. question that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. Appreciate your asking. That's uh, that's the most. That is, hey, this is the most awkward thing I've ever heard. I don't. Also, how do you feel about that? Because I, I, I'm talking on like a very out of the message level. We'll get we'll get all layers of what you just heard. First of all, I don't care if you're Tom Brady. You don't talk to me like that. That's the first thing I thought when I heard that. I don't care if Jesus Christ might be able to talk to me like that. And I would sit and listen. He wouldn't come. Maybe. I don't care if you're Tom Brady. That's a fighting way of talking. I, I, okay, so this is, that's, that, that's my, my rational that's my initial reply. Me, that's my, my initial meathead response. That's how I thought too, right? Now, I want to get into the conspiracy theorists in me. Yes, because do they not plan out their podcast? They, they have to. They have, to. they have to. He knows that. Like, I don't think Jim Gray is just going to say, "You know what? Here we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rip a fastball down the middle at, at Tom Brady." Uh, I think it's, it was kind of planned. I feel like it was planned because it was like it he was being mean, but it was also like he was like being funny. You know what I mean? Like Tom Brady's not a great actor. We've seen him in different stuff. It's, it's he only gets in the Mark Wahlberg movies. Yeah, <laughs> hey, hey Tom Brady, let's get Tom Brady. And that's because Mark Wahlberg's like, I want to be friends with Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I, I don't think that there is a uh, 
you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be something that Tom Brady's going to just come off the cuff and, and be that mean. Now, obviously, he's a competitor. He's got that fiery drive. You see him on the sidelines of games when things aren't going his right way. He's throwing his, his, his whatever, his surface tablet. He's throwing all his different stuff. He's upset. I don't think – I feel like that was almost faked because it's still – there was probably a little hint of truth inside of that. Mm-hmm. But somebody as as calculated – of every step of Tom Brady that he is, like you would assume he knows what his next step is all the time. Like he knows what he wants to do. The guy's made very confident decisions as he's moved his entire way. Even even going to Tampa Bay has been something that you say, okay, well, nobody knew that was going to happen, but Tom Brady knew because he did extensive research, so much so that Gronk even came on and talked about like, yeah, I, I didn't even know anything about Tampa Bay until, until Tom Brady told me, hey, look how good this team is, and I start looking into it. I was like, oh, this is a great team to join in to try to win a quick Super Bowl. So it's very calculated all the way through. I feel like that was a that was a calculated response by Tom Brady. I don't think that was as natural as everybody was going to take it. That's my – like if when I step back and start looking at it from a really smart marketing PR side. Oh, because guess where that ended up? Guess where that clip ended up? Everywhere. Everywhere. And the, the biggest place here, the afternoon stretch. <laughs> I mean, we just, we just played it. <laughs> Absolutely. So you're welcome, Tom. Ty- Tyreek Hill going out on his podcast and saying Tua, Tua is the most accurate arm I've ever seen, you know? And it's like everybody started talking about it, and his podcast it got really is. It really is smart. I just need to stop thinking. I need to start getting so personally involved in this in our workspaces and just treat it as a business, you know? It is a business. No, I know. But you know like, what I'm saying? But uh, you, you know me. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings ever. I don't want to be mean unless or, you're grumpy because you have or eight i don't want to say anything that i don't believe right does did T- tyree kill really believe Tua was better than patrick Mahomes? And, and also does does he think that he's actually hurting somebody you know and that, and that comment by tyree kill same with tom brady he didn't he's not hurting anybody by saying that jim gray gets to be in that moment you know what i mean that's a great moment that jim jim gray is going to be a part of Maybe it. for him. You talk to me like that, we're, we're throwing down. You don't talk to me like that. Unless 20 minutes before the show, you're like, hey, uh, you ask this, I'm going to answer like this. If, you, if you're on board. I'll knock those Botox right out of your face, Tom. <laughs> and you couldn't do anything. You wouldn't last 10 seconds with me. So chill out. He's got to have some good Botox. Yeah. Peyton Manning, H- HGH. Imagine punching out Peyton and, like, you know, all the performance answer drugs just spills out of his brain. <laughs> you look at you look at Tom Brady from week – year one of his career to to this past year he is like aged like a fine wine i mean it, it, and it's clearly surgery like whatever anybody wants to say but remember that one photo he I looks think, like a kin doll i think he's definitely all about the all about it yeah most most of them are so. oh he's just smart he's around the business and everything so he knows he's just he's around the business Devlin, you look like you're one to talk. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing all right. I was just going to add that Kirby Smart is only a year and a half older than Tom Brady. Isn't that crazy? It's amazing. That is so insane. It's like (laughs) one of those stats. We were talking about this before the show. Uh, Like those crazy stats that are just, they make no sense. That one is one of them, obviously. Uh, I was talking about Larry Fitzgerald, how Larry Fitzgerald has more tackles than he has drops in his NFL career. That's insane. Uh, Also, Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson stole 300 he stole third base 322 times in his career only two active players in the MLB right now have 322 steals of any base Ricky Anderson did it just a third from second to third 
He did it 322 times. And and just any steal. That's how crazy Ricky, Ricky Anderson was. Also, how he would, like, talk about himself in third person. Ricky Anderson's going to have a big day today. I don't want to hear anything else. Ricky, <laughs> Ricky Anderson don't want to hear nothing about this. That I mean, that's top level. That's where I want to get to in life. Zach Williams is is only wanting to go there from now on. It doesn't hit nearly as good. Because I'm not because I haven't stole third three hundred and twenty two times. But I, I still I still have some eligibility for the draft. I might be able to get in and who knows, you know, I, I might be able to move a couple bases for some teams. And then you get that you get that ten day contract, you get a little bit further in. Who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen? You beat Tim Tebow and play triple A baseball with a million dollars in every other career direction possible. I would sell you to get that. You understand? Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I would sacrifice you for a lot too. Don't I would worry. I would I would sacrifice Bruno Reagan to absolutely be what Tim Tebow was just in the minor leagues. Forget football and everything else. Just to play triple A baseball. Yeah. And not even to make money. Like I would do it for free. That's a, that's the crazy thing. I would like you would play in the NFL for free. For, Chiefs call you right few, now, and for they're a few like games, yeah, probably, and then I could just be done, have that monkey off my back for sure. Exactly, exactly. Now, Ugh. hey, back to Tom Brady. You oh, think yeah. when he, so we we all know he knows what he's doing, right? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Are the Titans that in board. that conversation? Because for me, it's the easiest no on planet Earth. He's not even considering Tennessee. Mm, I'll give you my answer on the other side of the break. Six one five eight four four fifty six hundred. If you want to jump in, we want to talk to you. Back after this here on the afternoon stretch. Good afternoon. Building pretty good now on 24 East at Bell Road, continuing out through Rutherford County. Lots of radar out in sections of Rutherford County down the interstate this afternoon as traffic increases through Mount Juliet. Pretty much on schedule, not only there on 40 East out to 840, but increasing to the north 65, just trying to get past Vietnam vets. Hey, Snapdragon Hemp, serving up lab-tested top-shelf hemp products across Tennessee, edibles, flowers, concentrates. You can order online at snapdragon420.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on time traffic. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers, from a leading financial firm on maximizing your income in retirement. That's right, free. This free book reveals little-known truths about annuities in simple-to-understand terms that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. And it's free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, summarizing the rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. Call 800-715-9880. That's right. Annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling today. Call 800-715-9880. That's 800-715-9880. Sponsored by Annuity General. Producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term. Howdy, folks. I'm back to remind you about the best steakhouse in Music City. Bob Steak and Chop House. The only place in Middle Tennessee to get a five Wagyu steaks cooked to perfection. And when that special day rolls around to treat that special someone, make your reservation now at Bob Steak and Chop House. From petit fillets to massive tomahawk ribeyes. When somebody asks where's the beef, you tell them Bob Steak and Chop House. Make your Valentine's Day reservations now. And treat the best in your life with the best in Nashville. Bob Steak and Chop House at the Omni Nashville Hotel. We're going to get into our routine with Daily Tennessee Jackpot. You got a dollar? Let's have some fun with it. Let's get those numbers going. How many are we picking? And one, and two, and three, and four, and five. Let's go. All of us Tennesseans are having fun now. Let's play and play. 
Work out a win with drawings every day when you play Daily Tennessee Jackpot. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Your exclusive Nashville Sports Radio WNSR Skyscan forecast for this afternoon. Increasing clouds, a high of 51 expected. Rain likely tonight. Overnight low 41 degrees with windy conditions and east-northeast wind at 35 miles per hour. Utilizing the show resources. that would make visiting aliens blow up our planet. The Afternoon Stretch. The Afternoon Stretch. Bernard Reagan, Devil McKenzie, Zach Williams here inside the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio. Here in just a few moments, we will have Blake Lovell on with us of the 14 to talk some college basketball news and stories. Vanderbilt's playing Kentucky tonight. I know a lot of Vanderbilt fans are pumped. I'm pumped up. I'm going to be home. I'm going to be home, be able to watch it, so it's going to be fun. Um, Everyone knows me, big Vanderbilt fan in all regards. I've kind of become a homer. I don't have it because Vanderbilt, listen, there's so much conversation around Vanderbilt, the school, the what's it called. You know what my position is now? The AD, Candace Story Lee, Clark Lee, Jerry Stackhouse. You know what my thoughts are that? I hope Vanderbilt wins this today and this week. I just don't think about it that long term anymore. So I'm sure I'll have some takes when we get to football season. But until then, Vandy wins, great. If not, what well, sucks. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. It's every, every win going forward for Vandy in all th- – I mean, I guess baseball. Baseball, they're coming in like – they're the number one pitching rotation, I believe, and their depth they have in the bullpen right now in the nation coming into it, preseason rankings, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but outside of baseball, any other win in any sport is always positive momentum because, frankly, people are expecting you to lose. That's just the re- – like, Vandy fans, maybe not, or maybe so. But national-wise, I, you know the way teams look at Vandy – in just other sports. It just doesn't matter. Uh, let's talk a little bit about it with our good buddy, Blake Lovell. You can follow him on Twitter at TheBlakeLovell. Covers all things SEC and managing editor for the 14, or Southeastern 14, that is. Uh, Blake, did you get a did, did you get a little bit of a promotion? Because your, your, your name changed on your Twitter there, your bio. Well, no, I just, I, honestly, I, I just like, I was like, oh, yeah, I probably need to update this, which I should have done probably about two years ago, but <laughs> Um, yeah, I just forgot in all honesty. So I'm like, Hey, let's just put this on here. And sounds fancy, doesn't it? But, very um, you know, it, it, Hey, you got to try to sound fancy on Twitter. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm already, I'm kind of nervous now for this interview because I didn't realize you know, I'm talking to somebody so high up in the rankings there. That's my problem yeah. now. So it's thrown off the interview, but we're going to power through. Speaking of high up in the rankings, <laughs> Vanderbilt is on the positive half of the Southeastern Conference in basketball. What What are the odds yeah. that we thought about that three weeks ago, knowing what we knew? Yeah, no, they are. They are. Um, they are. They are right there. I mean, it's kind of interesting to think about because I look, guys. I told you. I feel like we talked for the Tennessee game. I said, well, I mean, I know this is like a. It was like a one-sided potential game here, but, I mean, they play everybody close, and it's just the way it works these days. Like, that's just what they do. And I think anytime you play as many teams close as they have, they're going to find a way to win some of these. And, like, the Georgia game was a good example of that. I mean, the Arkansas game, they wind up winning by 13, but that's a that's a closer game. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just they hang around, they hang around, they hang around. And, you know, even without their best player, they go into Georgia and get a win. I think it'd be a little bit harder to do tonight without their best player because 
you've got the best player, you know, or the best or second best player in the SEC on the other side, Oscar Sheboy, but it's pretty wild. And I, I'm telling you, I, I think this is a winnable game tonight for Vanderbilt. And, um, hey, if they were to pull this one off, then who knows what can happen from here. So. Well, Vanderbilt 7-4 and four at home, 2-3 and three away. Kentucky's 11-1 and one at home and 1-3 and three away. And they're playing at Memorial. Do you think is, – is, so, <laughs> Memorial Magic. Is this like a Memorial Magic-type game, or maybe Kentucky's just falling a little too out of grace to consider it that? Well, I mean, here's the thing. If, like, if Liam Robbins was playing – then I would I would feel a lot stronger about predicting the Vanderbilt upset because the problem now becomes, you know, Robbins isn't playing, Dort's not playing. The two of your big guys are not just, you know, on the bench. They're, they're not available. And so on the other side, you're looking at Oscar Sheboy and you're thinking, all right, what's going to happen here? How are you going to stop this guy? Um, you know, you've got Quentin Malore Brown, but beyond that, I mean, hey, you've got a lot of guys that I don't know that will be experienced in that role of trying to, you know, shut down a, a Sheboy. Now, on the other hand, you could say, well, we're just going to let him get all his points, and we just got to stop everybody else. Well, that's going to be easier said than done because Kentucky's playing a lot better offensively now, and as we've seen these last three games, um, you know, with Casey Wallace, and he's kind of manning the point now, and that's exactly what they needed to do. And Cal making adjustments is kind of one of those things that um, Kentucky fans have been asking for for a long time, and he's actually done it. So it's kind of a, one of those things where Kentucky's playing much better offensively. Uh, Vanderbilt, again, doesn't have their best player. And I think it's, it's not just they don't have their best player. is They don't have their maybe best player who would be a significant sort of, you know, play a significant role against Kentucky's best player. And I think that may wind up being the issue. But I say that, guys, and it's like, again, I, I don't care who's on the floor for Vanderbilt. Um, I don't know if you can put us three out there. And keep it close, but like <laughs> I just feel like I just feel like no matter who they play, it's going to be close, and so uh, they'll have a chance just because I think again they're going to keep this game close somehow, somewhat. You put me out there, I'm dropping thirty. I might have a double well, double. I was mostly talking about Zach. Bro. Ah, I, mean, I, I was talking about you and I. I'm I mean, a wing threat. I mean, you you're know. wing threat. Yeah, because okay, oh, yeah. I, I can hit the rebounds if we cover enough positions. Oh, I know. opened the door for you on that one, Bruno. I was gonna say wing threat, and then you're supposed to say yeah, chicken wing threat. Yeah. You know, and that. Oh, no, man. I'm thinking seriously. <laughs> I mean, you're the guy who thinks you can nail home runs off pro pitchers. Not know? home runs. I can make contact out of give me a hundred pitches, all fastballs from an MLB pitcher. I'm gonna at least put the bat on the ball five times. I know that for sure. Not they're going to be hits. I don't know, but I, I feel comfortable with that. Blake, you think you can make a hit, hit a three like like in a well, game situation? Yeah. They pull it to you and you're wide open. You oh, think I you can pull up it. and hit I it? Would nail it, Zach. We just we just need you to be a facilitator, okay? Please don't take any shots. That's that's all I ask. I'm just a role player. Huh? We're not going to keep the close. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> talking with Blake Where Level. Were we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking with Blake Level, managing editor for the Southeastern 14. Find him on Twitter at the Blake Level. What is it about Vandy on Saturdays though? I mean, oh, yeah, does it is it is it is it just you can trust them better on Saturdays? Because it seems like that's where their wins are actually coming during the week, uh, at least in SEC play. I don't know if they haven't won. They may have won one during the weekdays, but it feels like Saturdays they just get it done. Well, I think too. I mean, it's like the the one they won, I guess, was in South Carolina. And I keep saying this, guys, and South Carolina fans aren't happy with it. But like South Carolina is a historically bad SEC team this year. Like they might go down as one of the three worst SEC basketball teams of the past decade. And, you know, it's one of those things where you think about where Vanderbilt was then. I mean, that was an overtime game. And, I mean, it's again, for South Carolina, you've got just 
the wildest season you could have. They've got one SEC win and happens to come at Kentucky. Everybody else is pretty much pulling them out except for Vanderbilt. But yeah, I mean, look, it's a product of the schedule too. I mean, look at the look at the teams they played on. You know, I mean, look at the Tuesday games, right? Here's your Tuesday game in Tennessee. Here's your Tuesday game against Alabama. Um, so I, it's just one of those weird scheduling things. And again, now you get Kentucky, uh, and then guess who next Tuesday is? It's at Alabama. Like their their midweek schedule is brutal. I'm actually looking down this now. I mean, look, they, they got Kentucky tonight. They're at Alabama next Tuesday. Next Wednesday they're against Tennessee. So it's like, boy, they're they're midweek games. Maybe that's why they're on a a slide in the midweek because boy, their their schedule's not been easy. So. Now, looking at what one of the teams that you just mentioned there, Alabama, number two in the nation right now, uh, perfect inside of conference play, been a very strong team. Do you feel like that team does have uh, ability to go deep when it comes into March? Yeah, I mean, I think they're the best team in the country. I, I know Purdue is number one, but I, I think Alabama is better than Purdue. Um, having seen both play, I just – I don't think there's another team in the country that has that sort of extra – gear or whatever that Alabama has. I just think that they are on a different level when they are at their best and they've been at their best for, for quite a while. And I, mean, I said the other day, like if you had asked me right now, if it would lay one bet on the NCAA tournament, no bracket, no idea what the path looks like. But if I had to look at it and pick one team to win it all without any other knowledge whatsoever on the tournament, I'd pick Alabama because I feel like they are the team that in any scenario They've got one of the best players in Brandon Miller. They've got one of the best, you know, offenses just in terms of when they take care of the ball. I mean, how do you stop them? They're going to shoot a lot of threes. They're going to shoot a lot of free throws. Um, you know, those are just that's how they get their points. Defensively, they're one of the best defensive teams in the country, which people don't want to talk about that, but that's the reason why Alabama is where they are. It's not just their offense. I mean, they're just – last year they were not good defensively. This year they're one of the best out there. I mean, they beat everybody by double digits. They haven't allowed more than 69 points in an SEC game so far. Like, they're 7-0, beating, beating everyone by at least 11 points and haven't allowed more than 69 points in any of these games. Like, that's just – that combination is something we haven't seen in a while in the SEC. And so they're they're just a special special group of talent here. And, yeah, so right now, not, not only do I think they can make it that far, I'd make them the favorite to win the whole thing at this point. You know, talking about Brandon Miller, too, out here out of Middle Tennessee, do you think, and this is kind of a recruiting question, I guess, but do you think he's a a catalyst, or maybe not a catalyst, but kind of a starting point for more recruits coming out of the Middle Tennessee area, basketball-wise, that are going to be able to, to – that the nation is going to start focusing more on Middle Tennessee for that kind of player just because he's coming out of this area? Or do you think he's more the anomaly coming out of Middle Tennessee right now? Well, I mean, we've seen over the years, you know, and I know I'm going to forget some guys, but it's like, you know, there's always been good talent around here in terms of just, you know, whether it's whether it's a Brandon Miller, whether it's a, you know, Darius Garland, guys like that. I mean, it's just there, there's always been some of those guys that just are out there. And I think what's so interesting now is, you know, think back like a long time ago, right, where it's, okay, you have a guy like this, or again, pick a, a Darius Garland, whoever else. Um, around here. I know we're, again, I'm forgetting some names, but before it's like, all right, well, you know he's going to go to like one of four places, right? He's going to go to Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas, something like that. UCLA maybe in there. But now it's like, okay, again, you, I think that's probably the biggest difference is, yeah, the talent's around here. There's, there's plenty of good talent around here. But it's now because of the way recruiting has changed and just because of the way 
that I think college basketball has changed with the transfer portal and all that stuff. Like you, it's just, it's so much harder to kind of project where guys like this are going to wind up because there are so many other options and especially like with NIL, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's those kind of things that come into play. Cause you're talking about Brandon Miller, the future NBA all-star, um, you know, Darius Garland's already become that. And I know, you know, Vanderbilt fans certainly didn't get exactly what they wanted out of him, but I don't think that was through his own fault. I mean, that was just an injury situation in that. So I just think that's probably the more interesting thing to think about is the talent that is around here. You know, it's not really one of those things anymore where it's just like, okay, well, they're going to wind up, if they're just top, top-tier guys, um, they're going to wind up at one of these just top four or five blue-blood programs. Not always the case anymore because you just got guys that can go out and recruit anywhere the way the transfer portal has changed everything. So that's kind of fun to think about that, you know, these guys could literally just wind up anywhere, even if, you know, the Blue Blood programs are still going to have their mention in all of this. But, you know, a Brandon Miller goes from Alabama, Darius Garland goes to Vanderbilt, and so forth. I mean, it's just kind of one of those fun things to think about. And I just want to be the one to advocate. One and done at Vanderbilt is such an easy sell. Like, once you get to, like, government 3,600, that's when you want to – get out but <laughs> but those and the freshman life of vanderbilt man i'll tell you what the the commons and the dorms I, i'm selling it right now so they maybe that's what darius saw and thanks for reminding me about darius garland that makes me sick to my stomach every time i remember that <laughs> happened so thanks for that too. well i mean look he i think it's one of those things where like and look you, you know this like there i think there are some people that will be bitter because they'll look at him and say well he was never you know, it was never that good. You know, he just was going to come in, and even if he would have played, no. Like you look at him, what he's doing now—that's <laughs> exactly what. That's exactly what everyone envisioned. Like you look at what he's doing with the Cavs. Like that's exactly what when you when we saw him, it's sort of okay. This is what he can be, and now he's gone on, and you kind of see again what he's doing in the NBA, and he's just—I yeah. mean, he's just—he's on a different level. And so, yeah, I know it's terrible, but I mean, the injury luck for Vanderbilt, right? Their best players out again. Like how many years in a row? It's like seven years in a row. Our women's basketball team has our women's basketball team has eight players on it. So. Yeah, right. Like the women's team is just decimated. So I don't know what it is, but the program just cursed in terms of yes. injury. So <laughs> uh, let's switch it over to the uh, the other side of this argument. Talking about Tennessee now, the AP rankings. And I always love bringing up AP, AP rankings to Blake because it's his favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> uh, no. They gave them the number four team in the nation. Do you? Do you feel like that team is really the number four team? The only top three, or sorry, the only top five team with three losses in it currently. Do you really feel like that is a top five team right now in the nation? Here's what's interesting, and I don't think I realized this until earlier because I had this discussion with someone, and I don't remember what where this what prompted it, but it was sort of like uh, looking at different resumes and like, well, I don't think this team should be this high, but. I said to him, I said, hey, well, I get that, but the problem is if you look at the teams behind them and you start to realize, okay, well, that team dropped a game they probably shouldn't drop. That team dropped a game they shouldn't drop. Like, you keep going down the line, you're like, well, by default, it almost has to be like, you know, these top five teams, the way they're certainly, I think it's what, Purdue's one, Alabama's two, Houston three, Tennessee four, Kansas State five. You know, if you look at the group behind them, you're sort of like, well, can you really advocate for maybe anyone outside of Arizona? I mean, Kansas just got shellacked by, who was it, TCU the other day, and then I think they lost to Baylor. Um, I don't remember what the, the number was on that. But it's just like, I think you look at those kind of things, and you're like, well, somebody's got to be somewhere. And does Tennessee, if we don't have the Kentucky game, 
I think we're looking at Tennessee right now and wondering, okay, is this an Alabama one, Tennessee two type thing nationally? Not in the SEC, but you know, but they had that Kentucky game, and it just sort of made everyone fear. Like once again, I'm like, oh no, like this is going to happen again to us, isn't it? Like we're going to get in a big game like this. We're not going to be able to score, and we're back at square one. I still think when you look at the overall picture, Tennessee's beaten Kansas. They almost won at Arizona. Um, you know, look at what they've done in some of these other games, just completely taking it to some of these teams. Uh, so, again, they've got to go somewhere, and I don't know if the teams behind them have that impressive of a resume to say, well, that team should be ahead of Tennessee. I mean, honestly, Kansas State might have the best argument of anyone to be ahead of Tennessee, and they're at number five. But everyone else, Arizona, UCLA, Kansas, I mean, Tennessee's beaten Kansas. I know they lost Arizona, but, I, I mean, that's about right to me because I just don't know who you really strongly feel like has to be in front of Tennessee at this point. And this one has no local flavor at all in it. I just want to more or less talk about it because they are on an impressive streak right now, and they're the number 18 team uh, in the rankings currently. It's the College of Charleston who's had 20 <laughs> straight wins. What What is your make of teams like that and that kind of division – I mean, their one loss was two at a time, the number one team in the country in, in uh, uh, UNC. What do you make of a team like that, and have you been kind of keeping up with that team for, you know, deep deep uh, analysis when it gets to, to uh, tournament time? Well, I know Vanderbilt fans have been keeping up with Charleston for different reasons, and you can probably guess what that has to do with. Um, because Pat Kelsey is someone that, you know, I I think you look at him, and, like, he is one of those guys that, he's going to wind up at a bigger job very soon. And I think, you know, no matter start of this season, you know, everyone's wondering about coaching changes um, in different places across the SEC, other power conferences. Like, Pat Kelsey is someone that's going to be on everybody's radar. And and it now especially, right, because you look at what, I mean, was it the last year was at Winthrop? They went 23-2, I guess that was a couple of years ago, at Winthrop. And now it's like he's basically building the same type of scenario here at Charleston where – He's coming into this and has a team that, like, they are legit. I mean, they're they're a legitimate team in terms of watching the play. You can say, well, they play, you know, in the CAA and all this other stuff. But, like, they are for real. They're the kind of team that no one wants to play right now. And, you know, you look at just kind of the makeup of how they play, they're a fun team because they shoot a lot of threes, and that's always exciting. Uh, and, you know, again, just, just how they play, they play an up-tempo type of style. I think Charleston's just going to keep on, keep on, keep on winning. Like, that's just how it works. And I think the main reason why, obviously, have a lot of good players there. But, I mean, Pat Kelsey, again, is someone that he's going to – I don't know if it comes next year or the year after, but, like, he's going to be at a power conference program as soon as next year, possibly, uh, because I just think that he is – he does all the right things. He promotes the program. Um, and again, he, look at look at the like watch the atmosphere. Like right when you watch them play, like the atmosphere is just unbelievable. But that's something that he's built there. Like he goes out around campus and he does all this stuff. That's what's fun about these kind of you know schools when you have a season like they've had so far is you just are able to kind of see that hey you just you go out and just interact with the fan base and get them excited. Like they will show up for this kind of stuff because everyone wants to win. And when you start doing something like this. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a pretty special season there for, for Charleston. Yeah, the, the Fire Stackhouse accounts are really watching the College of Charleston right now, right? <laughs> yeah. 
we'll, yeah. we'll see where that plays they, out. They are. <laughs> Blake Lovell has been our guest. You can find him on Twitter at the Blake Lovell, managing editor for southeastern14.com. Covers all things SEC if you want to check it out. A lot of good daily SEC content right there, and nobody knows it better than my good buddy Blake Lovell. Blake, thank you so much for jumping in, man. Appreciate you guys. Thanks. Good stuff always from Blake Lovell. we got to run to a break. If you want to jump in, 615-844-5600. Good afternoon. Here's what we're looking at live. Heavy traffic, of course, 40 east at Fessler's all the way out to get out to the airport. Uh, passing Donaldson Pike, that's just heavy traffic continuing through Wilson County and the Smith County. Uh, traffic's on the increase to the south as you make your way down through Brentwood, Franklin. Just that heavy traffic, 65 south, all the way down into Spring Hill. Nash Painting Services, all of Middle Tennessee. Check out their references. These guys are awesome. They're online at nashpainting.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at Low Cost Airlines. 800-648-9175. 800-648-9175. That's 800-648-9175. Hey, Nashville, start your day the right way with Bongo Java Cafe located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel. Bongo Java is Nashville's oldest local coffee company. Get your day started with a freshly baked muffin and wash it down with a hot cup of dark roast or hair of the dog blend. With free Wi-Fi, you can get some work done while enjoying a toasted breakfast sandwich. Beat the traffic. Treat yourself at Bongo Java Cafe located in the lobby of the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown Music City. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co-workers, and clients. What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling. Call in now to the afternoon stretch 615-844-5600 and be the most talented person on the show the afternoon stretch just had a great interview with Blake Lovell Managing editor of the 
southeastern14.com. Great website if you're looking for some good SEC coverage. Every sport, too. Baseball, basketball, football, all of them. They're on there daily. It's a great place to go to. Uh, always love having Blake on. Go check it out, WNSR.com. You can go to our live show, and then you'll be able to, right there, click the afternoon stretch. It'll start playing for you. Good stuff there. A lot of stuff came out of it, too. I mean, even what he said there at the end. There was a reason why I wanted to talk Charleston, because <laughs> he's right. Tw hey, I don't care how bad your league is or whatever. Winning 20 straight in any sport at the collegiate level is insane. Yeah. It's really tough to do. So, uh, that's going to – Pat Kelsey will definitely be on a lot of people's radars. Now, Bruno, you asked me a question, and I mistakenly said we were gonna, I was going to answer it the next segment, which the next segment was Blake Lovell. Uh, I want you to reiterate that question. It was about Tom Brady and the Titans. Tom Brady had that viral clip go out. We explained – or we – Presented it earlier in the show, Tom Brady's own words, but summarized it was, if I knew what I was doing, I would already have done it. That was from his own podcast. Well, well say what he said. Say it. <laughs> Tom Brady knows what he wants to do. And or I asked Zach Williams, are the Titans one of his wants? I said, not a chance. Bad division for sure, but also just a bad team and situation to go to. The, the the main thing I would say he's not Titans wouldn't be in his radar is because it doesn't seem like he wants to be in the AFC. Like look at the quarterback talent and the offensive juggernauts that are in the AFC. It's it's an uphill battle. NFC, I mean, it really is wide open. Well, there's a lot of teams that could use him in the NFC. Mm -hmm. Start start going through a few of them. I mean, Seattle, Seattle could use him. Seattle could use him. I don't think he would want to be there. Uh, see, and, and the other option of the name that I want to say is the Raiders, right? That's the obvious one because but he was almost they're there. They're in the hardest division of football. Not only they're in the heart of it, you know what I mean? Like they're in the they're in the epicenter of AFC talent. They really are. So if it is, he does go somewhere. It would make sense for him to come in the AFC at least. It would make sense for him to come to Tennessee because you're you're talking about the Jaguars, who I think are. They're good enough to sneak into a playoff, but I don't think they're just some world beater changing the NFL or anything like that. But the rest of the division is terrible. Colts are somewhere in a bottle. I don't know. Texans. This is are really the first time we've seen the out. Colts. This is really the first time in like our lifetime we've seen the Colts this low for this long. Mm -hmm. The Colts dominated the AFC South my entire life growing up. Yes. Now no, now no more. And you can give one or two years of leeway, three, four, considering what Houston was doing with Bill O'Brien for a few years. It's never been this bad for the Colts. Jim Irsay is in uncharted waters. He's yes. in the bathroom of coaches he's interviewing for hours trying to figure it out. Did you see that story? He is – no. He was, like, no, allegedly in, like, one of the coaches he was interviewing's bathroom for an hour, and the wife was, like, very off-put by it. Hey. Hey. Don't invite me over. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, like, hey, sometimes you, know, you get on your – it's just like everybody else. Get on your phone. Get on the toilet. Just start yeah. looking. Time flies when you're having a good time. You know what I mean? So, who knows? He could have been on Instagram Reels just checking everything I mean, he's out. He's talking I mean, to a little honey. We never know. You never know. I mean, he's a billionaire. Well, he might you know, be, be laying the Mac down in there. Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I, I think it, Colts are also another interesting one because it's right up their alley to get a quarterback like Tom Brady. You know, right on the edge of it, ready to retire and leave and still has a little life in him. Why not go for him? But I don't think that would happen. 
Uh, like I said, I think if the AFC South is the best place for him to go, if he does want to go in the AFC, but I think he wants to stick NFC. I think, I think what he wants is the 49ers job. And that's not, it's not going to happen, but I think that's what he wants. Yeah. I think he's he always wants to go to the that, and they just won't take the greatest player of all time. No, he wants to go and in for there the first and time in the Niners life. They made the right choice. Yeah. For the first time. Yeah. Because no. Tom Brady's just, Tom Brady's just not the way anymore. No, I I think I he's still good. En- I think he's still good enough to help a team win, but yep. it's got to be more surrounding pieces. And I think the I think the Bucks degraded what was they had the two years before that. You know, Antonio Brown on the team, for better or worse, he was still a top end wide receiver to add with Mike Evans. I mean, really, that combination. So the worst part was, is Antonio Brown could come back and be a top receiver in the NFL. The dude is just clinically insane. I mean, that guy loves posting nudes of himself online. Another good spot for Brady. In the NFC, awful division, great spot for him. What about home? The Buccaneers. <laughs> what are you doing? It's the it's the only spot. Yeah, but you're just you're just gonna win the NFC South. I, I don't think they can get. I mean, they got beat by the Cowboys handedly. It's the best shot to get to the playoffs. And even the Cowboys feel like after their loss, you you just look at them as very questionable. I so mean, he can make it to the playoffs in that division and then play NFC teams. Whereas if you make it to the playoffs in the AFC, good luck. And these are probably things he's weighing. I think he is he weighing needs, all this. He needs to retire. I think he, he wants one big last contract. Wherever that is. Who's who's gonna pay me the most? Fox News. Or Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> they would pay him a lot too. But Fox in general. The vaccine, you know. M and M's. I don't know what Tom they're talking Brady's about like, right now. I played so long because I hate vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> I've never gotten one in my life. Six one five eight four four fifty six hundred. Final segment of the first hour coming up. If you want to jump in, we want to talk to you here on the afternoon stretch. Good afternoon. It's pretty heavy out here on the South Loop, the West Loop. Steady flow and traffic continues on Vietnam vents, continuing up through Hendersonville into Sumner County. Still decent at the moment with that traffic flow. It's just heavy on 65 South into Brentwood, down through Franklin, all the way down through Williamson County. Lots of radar in parts of Dixon County down I-40 again this afternoon. Snapdragon Hemp, serving up lab-tested top-shelf hemp products across Tennessee. Edibles, flowers, concentrates. You can uh, find them online at snapdragon420.com. I'm Are you over 50? Would you traffic. like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers, from a leading financial firm on maximizing your income in retirement. That's right, free. This free book reveals little-known truths about annuities in simple-to-understand terms that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. And it's free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, summarizing the rates and benefits from financial Financially strong insurers. Call 800 715 That's right. Annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and annuity rate report. Both absolutely free for calling today. Call 800 715 That's 800 715 Sponsored by Annuity General. Producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term. Attention. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, this message is for you. Congress has passed $80 billion in funding to more than double the size of the IRS. 87,000 new IRS employees means more audits, collections, and penalties. This will make the IRS larger than the Pentagon, State Department, FBI, and Border Control combined. Now is the 
time to call Civic Tax Relief. I owe the IRS $37,000. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't owe the IRS anything. Their tax resolution specialists can stop the IRS from taking money out of your paycheck. With Civic Tax Relief, they were able to save me upwards of $80,000 that I would have had to pay. For your free tax relief information, call now. 800-841-0908. 800-841-0908. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. 800-841-0908. What's your next dream? Paying off your credit card? Remodeling your kitchen? Exploring the rainforest of Costa Rica? Whatever your dreams, they take some planning. And State Farm agent Austin Hardy is right here in the Middle Tennessee community to lend a hand. As your local good neighbor, he can help you look at the things you want to save for and come up with a plan to make those saving goals happen. Because your money should work just as hard as you to achieve your dream. So whether it's being free of debt or free to roam the world, call State Farm agent Austin Hardy here in the Middle Tennessee community. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The Afternoon Stretch, the show endorsed by News Channel 5's John Burton. John Burton's favorite show, The Afternoon Stretch. Bruno Reagan, Devil McKenzie, Zach Williams. We had a change in schedule. 525, it was going to be Alex Darty of A to Z, but... Now it's going to be me in the Bruno Reagan Therapy Hour. Yes, we're going to pivot from that. So if you want to jump in, the... Full 5 o'clock hours wide open, 615-844-5600. If you haven't called in a while, we want to talk to you. Jump in. Talk to us about anything that's going on in your mind, anything that's happening. We want to talk to you. Get your thoughts on any kind of subject. Good good callers yesterday. Want to continue it today, 615-844-5600. The Tom Brady story, it's funny, though, because it's the exact same thing with Aaron Rodgers. It's literally the same thing. The, The quotes that came out today from the McAfee show, with their Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, uh, the he would be willing to renegotiate his $60 million contract that he's going to get this year to rework it to be able to afford whatever. You know, he wouldn't just put put it all on the team. Uh, and also, you know, he's he, would, he was deflecting really hard on if he wanted to get traded or not. Of course, he's not going to answer anything like that. But they were, they were really – I got to say, for Pat McAfee to have him on and to badger him, about that one topic and Aaron just ducked it the whole time. Yeah. Which what do you expect? You know, he's not gonna it's a business and they don't want to give out their hand too early. But Aaron Rodgers wasn't busy enough to really make political statements. He's uh, he's totally cool to do that. <laughs> he was he was going in, man. He's not I th- I think he kinda enjoys the heat, honestly. I think he does too. I think he enjoys I think he enjoys dipping it in. Too. Yeah. And then being able to just like he just turns off his phone and he's like, ha setting the fire and walking <laughs> yeah, away. You yeah. Know? He do- he knows he can affect a lot of people. Because he was going doesn't. in on like woke culture and like, you know, sensitive people and all this kind of stuff. Like really hard today on that. It almost felt like he was kind of egging on what he did during the, you know, the COVID stories and all that kind of stuff. He kept calling himself the two time COVID MVP. Kept doing that too. I mean, that you know, that's the thing too. You, if your team bringing him in, and even with Brady to an extent, you know, you're bringing in not only the guy to be on the team, you're bringing in the distraction of that all the stories and baggage that comes with those players. Yes, exactly. Like, you're you're really going to be bringing it in. Like that is good for us. I don't think it, I don't think fan bases could handle or the Titans fan base could handle it. Frankly, 
They would love the publicity, I, yeah, for I'll sure. Tell you what, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers both look at Titans media as like this is the easiest media we've ever <laughs> had to traverse in our life. Probably, yeah. Boston media is tough. Man. Yeah. Those 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 questions and stuff that they talk about on air up there is much different up up north. Much different. I don't know about Wisconsin. There's nothing to do up there besides. Oh no 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 no. Their rate when they lose in the play when the Green Bay Packers lose in the playoff. It is must-listen radio. <laughs> it is must-listen radio. So, can't say the same for for the Titans, to be frank. <laughs> they they call in bomb threats on that stadium. So, Oh, no. Nissan Stadium needs to hurry up and get blown up. That stadium sucks. Somebody needs to blow Nissan Stadium up. That's the, Well, hopefully the Titans do because they're trying. <laughs> the Titans hope someone else does it first. Yeah. <laughs> get, it, get it over with. That stadium is garbage. I hate that stadium. First hour's done. Second hour coming up. Jump in on the show. ABC News. I'm Derek Dennis. California communities are trying to recover from three mass shootings in three days. Police say the shooting in Half Moon Bay that killed seven people was a case of workplace violence. Notifying the dead's next of kin is complicated in San Mateo County because some of the victims were migrants working in the U.S. without family here. Investigators say it was workplace violence. A 67-year-old suspect worked with the victims at Mushroom Farms. San Mateo County Sheriff Christina Corpus. The semi-automatic handgun was legally purchased and owned. The suspect was not known to police, and they say there were no warning signs that they were aware of before the shooting. Alex Stone, ABC News. Authorities in Washington State are on the hunt for a gunman in the shooting deaths of three people at a Yakima convenience store. Police call it a random attack. The Justice Department and eight states are suing Google, alleging the company dominates digital advertising and stifles competition. This is ABC News. At Total Wine & More, save big on what you love this month with hundreds of deals. Get up to 35% off over 100 different wines and spirits, including Cabernet, sparkling wine, single barrel bourbon, and so much more. These savings are huge, and even better, they're on top of prices that are already the lowest in town. Deals this good don't last long, so visit Total Wine & More to find yours. Love what you find at the lowest price, only at Total Wine & More. Drink responsibly, B21. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got, got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. Dazzling diamonds, royal rubies, elegant emeralds, and stunning sapphires. Now's the time to discover an exquisite variety of radiant, prize-winning jewels that are set to take your breath away. This gorgeous, one-of-a-kind display won't be found at the finest jewelry stores, but rather at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer with Jumbo Bucks Jewels Instant Games. Collect glistening top prizes of up to $300,000 and make every win sparkle. Only from the Tennessee 
Fantasy Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. As a professional realtor in Nashville for more than 40 years, Richard Courtney is one of the city's top-ranked real estate brokers. He's also the author of two books and the real estate columnist for the Nashville Ledger. What does all of this mean to you as a home buyer or seller? Expert knowledge, guidance, and trust. Give Richard Courtney a call today at 615-300-8189. That's 615-300-8189. Or online at richardcourtney.com. Realtors abide by a code of ethics. This is Article 9 in action. Beth, a first-time homebuyer, knew nothing about the home buying process, except that she wanted to buy a home. But her Realtor had the expertise to make sure Beth understood every document, even giving her copies to review with her lawyer so Beth could close on her first home with confidence. Complicated things explained in simple terms. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Bundling car and renter's insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? Look for the signs. Chances are they live in a home and have a car. They use money and enjoy having more of it. They probably drink lots of lemonade. Mmm, lemonade. And they've probably said something suspicious like, I'm bundling with GEICO or stop spying on me with those binoculars. If so, you may want to ask them how easy it was to bundle with GEICO. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. Okay, it's happening. It's the afternoon stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. Everybody stay calm. Sure. Stay calm. Let's take some calls from the public, shall we? Join the afternoon stretch now at 615-844-5600. Now here's Bruno and Zach. Second hour of the afternoon stretch here on Nashville Sports Radio. Bruno Reagan, Devil McKenzie, Zach Williams here inside the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio. No guests for the full hour. If you want to jump in, we want to talk to you. 615-844-5600. I think uh, currently on MLB Network, they're going through or about to or already have. I haven't seen anything come across the wire, if you will. But MLB Hall of Fame. Oh, you, you want to talk about MLB Hall of Fame? Well, I'm just saying that's what's something that's happening right now about uh, Hall of Fame. Like Alex Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez, should they get in? A lot of people would argue not. A lot of people would argue so. I think Alex Rodriguez for sure should get in. A hundred percent. I don't know enough about to, to make a decree, and I don't want to – you know, I just don't know. I don't know. Manny Ramirez sounds like he doesn't really have the best case. It's tough. I mean, well, it's just – It's the, baseball Hall of Fame so hard. It's so tough. But A-Rod, you would think. That's got to be one. Steroids. Ooh. Gonna keep Barry Bonds out. I mean, he did test. He popped. <laughs> A Rod did pop. Barry Bonds never popped. I don't care about the testing. A Rod did pop. I remember that was some of the best baseball to watch, in my opinion, outside of the Sosa McGuire era, uh, was Yankees Red Sox, and you just got, you know, Ver not Verlander, but uh, oh man, the the the, the catcher. Can't believe we're forgetting the catcher for the Sox name, but just getting into it with A Rod and they're just pegging him. We have a new like steroid. We have a fitness industry steroid problem. Like casual people will just be taking steroids for physique or something, and there's like kind of a weird approval of them in a sense of like, oh, even if you do steroids, you have to put in the work. Like it, baseball is a great way to point out to people how steroids yes of course you have to work hard to get the results off of them but they elevate you to a whole nother level 
You think all those? You think athletes aren't better now naturally than they ever got? No, we're, it's evolution. Every single generation, we're gonna get better. Well, just, that's undoubted fact. But no one's gonna hit like Mark McGuire did, not for another hundreds of years. It's just Jason Veritek. That's who I was trying to think of. That was that. You want to know what? He was you, a real one. Something I wanted to talk about coming out of the second hour. Yeah, was, go ahead. Hey, someone needs to punch Eli Apple in the face. So that's a that's a really for for a few different reasons. There's a, there's a part where you have a brand and you have a bit, a gimmick, whatever so. you want to call it. I think so. And and it goes too far. And I will say this. Well, if I was his, I'll say what is the I, line for Demar Hamlin? I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think there's a lot of if you post anything about Demar Hamlin. This look. The, the Eli Apple thing, I think, was very targeted at DeMar Hamlin and taking advantage of the situation. But Eli Apple has become this, like, Twitter villain. Like, he wants to do that. But it's not like he hadn't been saying things about other players for so long. He quote tweets, if nobody has seen it, he quote tweets a uh, Stefan Diggs post that is, you know, Diggs is basically complaining on, on Twitter about how he hates the Bills. Um, but, you know, he's subtweeting the Bills the whole time. And he quote tweets it saying, uh, Cancun on three. Yeah. And then he throws up the, I guess there's an emoji for it. I didn't even know there was an emoji for it, but it's, it's a little heart symbol that people are now associating with DeMar Hamlin. Uh, and number three, obviously what DeMar Hamlin wears number wise. And I mean, you had a lot of people that were just like, especially players, players that were like, Hey man, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight you the next time I see you. They just straight up were like, we're going to next time we see it on the field. It's, it's going to be a problem for you. Um, and I think it's a little bit that he's divulged so much into that character that he has to, it's like, we're, he, he doesn't even know where the line is anymore. Well, my problem, my, yeah, the bill stuff is, it's a little classless for me, but trash talks, trash talk. And this, all it is, is really trash, you know? And he actually came out and said, you know, prayers up to DeMar and his situation. Like, I guess afterwards yeah so yeah. but if i was eli apple's teammate like they have two of the high they have two games left of the highest level of football they need to be that needs to still be played and he's talking like that before them you don't think other people look at this and get motivated or pumped up i want teams at their worst i want teams sleeping on you i want teams that that get comfortable and watch film and eli apple doesn't allow that and something could be said about oh the honorable duel of best versus best and you're pulling his best out that's going to pull your best out this dude just seems like hey he's on a good team and he's riding their coattails for his own personal brand and i guess that's what today's all about yeah no he he definitely is i, I agree because he's been you know drafted by the giants i believe then went on to be with the saints and he's moved around the league a lot as kind of a journeyman secondary piece and he was brought in the league to be a shutdown kind of corner. Has great size. He's really like built like Sauce Gardner, too, I believe, in a way. He's got that same kind of frame that he could have been great, but he's really not been that great. But he's found a home in Cincinnati, and I think Cincinnati fans like him a lot. Uh, but he's really not done a whole lot as as a defender. I mean, I he's never he's never typically on the number one piece, whoever that is, even though there might be times where he switches to them. But He's he's been a middling cornerback, which I guess could be a good thing depending on you know where you're talking about on the spectrum of good cornerbacks. Um, it 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 it's just he's become this character on social media and people I don't know it's just it's whether you like it or not because he was doing this stuff last year 
remember that you know at the beginning of the season, Tyree Kill was like, well, he did the whole thing last year. They they were trash talking back and forth, and then of course you know he loses to uh, he loses to the Bill, the Bengals, and by he I mean Tyree Kill loses to the Bengals last year in the AFC Championship. And then all all this stuff carved out. Uh, Eli Apple talking crap about him and all this. How easy it was to guard him? Look at the stats. Tyreek Hill was going insane on him. Uh, and then earlier this season, Tyreek Hill's like, "Don't worry, boy. I got. I'm coming for you. I remember it. Don't worry." You know, that was that was all of Tyreek Hill saying, even though he was on the Dolphins when he was playing the Bengals this year. So I I, I don't know. I it's it's weird for me because this is like this is like Kirk Cousins coming out and you know. It really is. That's, Saying, that's like, a great it, point. Po- posing himself as the best. That that's where I actually know if Kirk Cousins is a good fair fair. It's like who who would be a good who's a middling quarterback that doesn't really do much but they they win. I, da- Daniel Jones. It's like Daniel Jones coming out and you know talking crap about every other defense that he he plays because he's had you know an okay day against him enough to beat him. Ryan Tannehill. It's like Ryan Tannehill coming out. And just talking crap about the Texans. Well, I'm after just surprised. <laughs> hey, and, and I think this is also the Joe Burrow effect, kind of like reaching at the teammates. Like Joe Burrow has his own way, his own swagger. Some people fawn over it, like other grown men will fawn over it. And I get it. And it's not that hard to be a stoic leader, which is what Joe Burrow really is. So, but I think some people take it the wrong way. Like, oh, you know, he's this, he's this out there us against the world guy, and a guy like Eli Apple's like, okay, I'll go us against the world. Really, I don't know. It's just not. It's not worth it. It's not worth it when there's still games to be played. But you know the old saying. What's the biggest saying in all of media, Zach? Social media. Uh, Any all, news is good yes, news. Uh, all publicity is all good pu- publicity. That's what it, yeah, yeah, yeah. All publicity is good publicity. And if we, if Eli Apple never piped up last year in that playoff run, I wouldn't know who he is. Now I'm talking about him on the show. So is it a good thing or a bad thing? Some people have different things. I don't know. You're a quasi Bengals fan, Devlin. So how do you look at Eli Apple? Um, I can't speak for all Bengals fans, but I can speak for some that I know very well. They do not like Eli Apple. And it's not for the social media reason. It's because well, he's not very good. He's not very good. He's literally just not good. And I mean, he's he's played well this year. And by well, I mean, like, average. He's not an outstanding back, but he's 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 not bad. And he's also partially to to blame for the Super Bowl loss, giving up big plays and stuff like that. Cooper I mean, Cup put that guy in the spin zone. Exactly. That's I mean, true. To be Bengals fair, hate not him. a lot of corners that cannot be put into the spin zone by Cooper Cup, but which I'll, is hilarious. <laughs> white boy you be, know why? White boy be cooking. You I know mean, why? Yeah. You know why it's funny? He, <laughs> <laughs> he, he really does. What does this white boy doing? That's so different. <laughs> <laughs> for me personally. I uh, maybe taking it too far with the DeMar, DeMar Hamlin situation, but I am all for smack talking and doing anything that you want like that. I, it, it fires me up. I, I I fully support it. I love that stuff. I think Diggs had. I think it was fair to be critical of what Diggs is doing on Twitter. Like, it, sorry, Stefan Diggs, you never messed up. I watched Stefan Diggs drop a deep ball. I've seen it before. You know, did anyone scream at you? No. You know why? Because you would cry. And let's face it, the the worst part about like the way receivers and cornerbacks act is because I just know it would take 30 seconds to make them pass out. Well, I would end a corner receiver. And, th- and look, this is this is. <laughs> I just want stuff. people to know I could beat these people up. <laughs> I just want people to know. <laughs> this is the thing, too, though. And, and this is what Stefan Diggs was tweeting out yesterday. Uh, 
it you give you give ammo when you do this. You just have to accept the repercussions of what can happen. So the line that he put out was, uh, "Want me to be okay with losing?" Question mark. Nah. Stephon Dix Twitter. Then right after that, he put up, "Want me to be okay with our level of play when it's not up to the standard?" Nah. Stephon Dix immediately after that tweet. And then immediately after again, it's easy to criticize my reaction more than the result. Well, I mean, you're just you're feeding into Eli Apple's game. You just lost to Eli Apple. Like, you know, he's just going to jump on top of it. And and really, the real side of this is people are going to move on. It's going to be past it. Nobody's going to talk about this anymore once the next game happens. The only way they do talk about it more is if Eli Apple just gets absolutely destroyed by what's the what, Justin Watson or Sky Moore. <laughs> you know, these these backup wide receivers for the Chiefs. <laughs> That's the only way that people are going to, if he's just getting absolutely abused by the Chiefs uh, wide receiver core, then, you know. And, and Nick Sirianni, head coach for the uh, <laughs> Eagles, he came out and said, talking about motivation for his team, I will dig as deep into the internet to find anything to motivate my guys. This late in the season. Look at Kirby Smart. He had Soviet Union era's level of propaganda in the Georgia football program. If you, if a lot of you guys weren't paying attention, the Georgia football program was predicted, and for the entirety of the season, the number one team in college football the entire season. They never deviated from the number one spot. <laughs> and after they won the national championship, Georgia football players were out there on the field saying they thought we were going to win seven games. Not a single person no that has an IQ above 50, which 75 is like working at Walmart. <laughs> one person, one person above did. He just lied about it. Yeah. It was Kirby Smart. It was Kirby, <laughs> Kirby Smart. Smart. No, it was living up to the name was like, hey, I'm just gonna tell these they guys, should... they all don't believe in you. They, they like he's making like fake. He's telling he's the, like making local fake pictures. <laughs> yeah, he's like taking New York Times and like reworking it and printing it up. But look, this is what the New York Times had to say about you. Just <laughs> no, <laughs> that, fake Kirby, articles. <laughs> governments should governments and universities should look at what Kirby Smart did to that Georgia football team and study it and how. How fascist dictatorships operate, because that is what happened, it, and that's what's happening right now. And it wasn't just one player; like there was one big soundbite that went out. There was a lot of players that were saying this on the Georgia team. Oh yeah, it was their they entire team. It, they it was the it. message. That was the unified message of the Georgia football team. Stetson Bennett and Kirby Smart got together as the oldest people on the coaching staff and team, <laughs> and said, "We need to motivate our guys. Things are too nice right now." And they they created a plan, and it worked. It completely worked. It was it's placebo, but it worked. Yeah, what what and we were equating that to something very recent. I can't even remember because I got so shell shocked by Nick Sirianni talking about go. the Eagles saying he will this late in the season he'll dig exactly. up any Thank you. news that he can get up and Thank stuff like this is what he'll dig up like yeah. with Eli Apple or whatever if they do say it's the Bengals and oh AJ, Eagles. Could you imagine Bengals Eagles Super Bowl and AJ Brown? AJ Brown Eli. versus Eli Apple on AJ Brown alone. would be the Super Bowl MVP, and Titans fans would be jumping off that bridge. That's right off. These yeah, because Eli Apple's got to either cover Devontae Smith or AJ Brown. Yeah, P pick. <laughs> how do you? How do you? You want to die? You want you want to die with the right or the left? Whichever <laughs> one you want, you, you're gonna get knocked out. That's what's gonna happen. The hook or the cross? Oh Absolutely. my gosh! Yeah. So that's you know look. I, I don't know. And the DeMar Hamlin's a whole separate situation. What's the what's the line on this? I, I know people oh, are going to get upset hey, about to this. To be honest, I, he's alive. It's fair game. I th it's miraculous 
that he's alive. Everybody should be thanked involved. Good Lord needs to be thought, thanked for this. There's a lot of, I mean, it's a miracle. It's an, we watched an absolute miracle take place. At what point, if he gets back on the field, because there is a ton, I mean, you say anything disparaging about DeMar Hamlin, and not even really disparaging. Eli Apple didn't really say anything bad for him. He was just using it as like a trope to make fun of Stephon Diggs. That was the whole, the whole point of his thing. Mm-hmm. And people were thinking, like, basically equating it to a death threat to DeMar Hamlin. At what point can you, like, like if DeMar Hamlin's on the field, if he gets back, which we all hope he does get back and plays again, because it's just, once again, comeback player of the year next year, guaranteed. He just plays one snap, comeback player of the year. It's going to happen. What do you, like, are you not allowed, if he has a bad game and he's just getting beaten coverage and missing tackles or whatever, you're not allowed to talk about that? I just wonder what the line is. Where's the line for it? Because people are hypersensitive to that on social media right now hypersensitive and like I'm i said sure. i didn't it, even it, know there was there was uh what's the word conspiracies that he actually isn't alive and this is like a clone or something i had no idea about that until this last buffalo bills game which i think is absurd i don't know i i think demar hamlin trash talk is in bad taste but it's not like i would it's but not you know like, what i'm saying i'm talking about trash talk is one thing but i'm saying what's the line to where you can say something that's in a negative context about Noir Hamlin that, like, when, how long is that going li- to live? That's the only thing I wonder. Because no matter what, you have to say positive things about him. And I'm not saying I'm out there like, oh, I want to say anything. But if you even if say Noir Hamlin was taking snaps right now and they, he was playing awful, you could criticize his play and no one should care. And if they did care, you could call them soft, and that's my thoughts on that. I don't think they would. I, I, no, I think they would care. I think people would oh, say, yeah, like, I, I would be like, this is a charity event. Get him. If Demar Hamlin went on the field – and he was getting burned every play, and they kept him on the field. I was, I would say, they are using him. It's a charity case. He shouldn't play. Yeah. No, no charity. It's kind of, it's very similar to the Alex Smith situation when Alex Smith came back. Because I mean, Alex Smith almost died in a completely different way. Yeah, the leg infection, right? They yeah. Were talking about amputating the whole leg. Yeah, I, and I mean, there was. You look at that. I think it was a. Uh, ESPN 30 or whatever, mm-hmm. ESPN, ESPN 60 the or whatever they call it. on his leg. It wasn't a brace. That doesn't that doesn't do justice. It was like a torture device. No, it was it was grotesque is what it was. You know, you've seen those Iron Maidens where they like close yeah. the needles. That's what his leg looked like. It was oh. just like it was sewn together. It, it it was it was terrifying. But I mean, there was time. I remember about the same way. Like. He would go. He was for the the Redskins at the time, I, th- yeah. I believe, or the football team. I don't remember which year it was, but he would throw a bad pass, and people were like, "Who cares? He's out there playing." And I, I remember thinking, "Well, <laughs> he's not playing great." He was, he <laughs> you was know, pl- what are you gonna no, do? No, I remember. That's I rem- a quarterback. I remember exactly. He was playing awful. You want to know? Why I remember because I'm pretty sure that was Taylor Heineke when he got on the team. Like, yeah. So I was watching a little more intently because that was so recent. He could barely move something. on his leg. It's amazing yeah. that he was back out there, but it did kind of feel like a charity kind of event. It did. You yeah, know? Did. And so I, I just wonder, not that I'm sitting here chomping at the bit to say, oh, I want to say bad things about DeMar Hamlin. Absolutely not. The, the situation no, is you're just a miracle. Because when, yeah. when it was the day one, Skip Bayless said – he just had he just said something about the game, yeah. like which is a question that people were going to ask twelve hours later. Just wasn't the right time. They were comparing they, him to like they wanted to crucify him. Yeah, they were they were comparing him to some re- like terrible people in the world, <laughs> and it's like whoa. What, I mean, well now yeah, just now no one cares. No, you know? no one does. Now they just laugh at him because the Cowboys lost. <laughs> Yeah, so. And he's doing little performative stunts with Ernstine in their house. I, I think they're cute. 
Uh, I was saying this. Everyone's like, look at how sad Skip is in his multi-million dollar house and his wife's recording, recording his fake outrage. I'm like, you don't think that's cute, too? Sweet, elderly, just, no. <laughs> an, el- an elderly couple just having fun together. <laughs> Goals for Bruno. Straight up. Yeah. Baby, can you please record me, like, freaking out? <laughs> oh, I hate this. I hate this. Was that good? Was that good? 615-844-5600. If you want to jump in, we got to run to a break. Back after this here on the Afternoon Stretch. Good afternoon. The rotten scene of a couple of accidents, 2000 block of Rosa Parks. Uh, that's going to be close to the Germantown area. Trinity Lane at Hampton Street. It's heavy, but it's moving out through the Mount Juliet area. I-40 eastbound continuing out into Wilson County. Watch for radar in Wilson-Smith County again. Uh, 65 still busy, but it's looking pretty decent down through Brentwood and Franklin, at least at the moment. Snapdragon Hemp, serving up lab-tested top-shelf hemp products across Tennessee. Edibles, flowers, concentrates. You can order online at Snapdragon. 420.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Are you tired of your current vehicle? Maybe looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? Hey guys, it's Zach. Hayes Nissan of Rivergate is the best choice for your vehicle needs. Located at 1550 Calton Pike North in Madison, Hayes Nissan of Rivergate has been serving the Middle Tennessee community for over three decades. That gives you confidence that Hayes Nissan of Rivergate can find the perfect vehicle for your lifestyle and your budget. Their friendly and knowledgeable staff will make sure you you are taken care of. I should know because I've seen it firsthand. Every vehicle I've purchased has been from Hayes Nissan of Rivergate, and I love the entire process. Now, I don't want you to forget about their award-winning parts and service department. It has everything you need to get you back on the road. Go visit them on the web at NissanofRivergate.com. They're open there 24-7, 365 days a year. Or give them a call at 615-865-7220. Again, that number is 615-865-7220. That's Hayes Nissan son of Rivergate, where your dollar always goes farther. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Hello, this is Joe Cordell. Cordell and Cordell is a firm that practices family law exclusively. We focus on only one area of the law to maximize our strength and effectiveness as advocates for clients that have everything on the line their homes, retirement, savings, and most importantly, their children. We're the partner our clients count on. If we can be of help to you, give us a call. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's Nashville area attorneys. 810 Crescent Center Drive, Suite 160, Franklin, Tennessee, 37067. Needing a snow day? How about a dough day? Instant games from the Tennessee Lottery are bringing winning flurries and drifts of cold, hard cash. With chances at breathtaking top prizes up to $4 million, sled to your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer and score a chance at a dough day. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. It's the Afternoon Stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. Coming off his second straight SEC win, this one at the bank. Clark Lee, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, this is my favorite time of the week to be with you guys, so I'm happy to be here. If you think that's not going to be on a promo, Clark, you are sadly mistaken, <laughs> Clark, sir. you just made the haters so furious, so thank you very much. <laughs> the Afternoon Stretch. Afternoon Stretch with Zach Williams and Bruno Reagan. 
The show that makes the average person say, hey, I can do that. The Afternoon Stretch. The Afternoon Stretch. Bernard Reagan, Devil McKenzie, Zach Williams. Troy can spare Family Fun Center Studio. 615-844-5600 if you want to get in. Scott Rowland, third baseman, St. Louis Cardinals, the next in to the Hall of Fame. For the MLB, the Baseball Hall of Fame. I'm not sure. I believe he's the only one that's gotten in. That's the only one that I've seen. Let me say that. That's the only one that I've seen come through here. I'm following it on social media, so it may be different. Uh, a lot of names were on the list and in their first ballots. And haven't seen them come across. One of those names, Andrew Jones, formerly Braves. I'm shocked that he hasn't got in. 10, I believe 10 plus, 10 golden gloves, and has hit over 400 home runs in his career. Hey. You know, there's only three, there's only four people to ever do that in the history of baseball. You want to hear a stupid question? Well, hold on really quick. Just going to get this point out. Okay. Four people that have ever done that. Andrew Jones is one of them. The three others are were first ballot Hall of Fames. Willie Mays, ever heard of him? King Griffey Jr., ever heard of him? I've heard him. And then uh, uh, I'm forgetting who the last one is, the Cardinals player. I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Another first ballot Hall of Famer, though. Only one who's not in, Andrew Jones, and he's still not in, it looks like. Which, first ballot, obviously, but still, he should have got it. All right, now you want to hear my dumb question? Yes. What is a golden glove? Is that, like, top defender? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. You want to hear a dumb question? Yeah. I know. Hey. A lot of people would fake. It's a glove like, that's gold. I know. A lot of people would fake, act like they know baseball. And I'm telling you guys, I don't. I don't care. There's no violence in the game. There used to be. You get some games there were. Hey, the way Vi Otani violently murders baseball mm, <laughs> makes me super happy. Yeah, uh, a couple other names that did not get into uh, Alex Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez, Gary Sheffield. I don't care if you are... I don't care how old you are. Gary Sheffield, at some point, if you watched him play, I I know for myself playing little league and travel ball, I could tell. I, I'm telling you, all the times I watched people mimic his at bat style, the way he would shake the bat, and how he would set up. Gary Sheffield's amazing, but once again, PED. You get you get you get some players that are associated PED guys, um, that. It it just it it's tough. Todd Helton, uh, Colorado Rockies did not. It looks like uh, Bobby Abreu did not. Scott Rowland though only the 18th third baseman to be elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, that's that's where it is. It's tough, man. It's not the Hall of Really Good. It's the Hall of Fame. So I you know I don't agree. I don't agree with it. I think I think it's just it's so gatekeeped, but. Whatever. That's 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 a that's an argument for another day. It's an argument for another day. A lot of people maybe uh, disagree with that. Six one five eight four four fifty six hundred. If you want to jump in, we want to talk to you. Uh, anything on your mind? Anything you want to get into? We talked a little bit earlier in the show in the first hour with Blake Lovell about Vandy Kentucky tonight. If Vanderbilt wins against Kentucky tonight, Bruno, mm -hmm. they obviously win in football this year. 
this past season and then win in basketball, how demoralizing would that be to the University of Kentucky? It's something about Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is just such a different case when I see us beat other teams. Like, Kentucky isn't playing too hot. They've, <laughs> they kind of smacked Tennessee in that, you know, it, they're, they're a weird case right now. I think if they lost to South Carolina, it would just be like, oh, we suck. But if they lose to Vanderbilt, who is up on half of the teams in Southeast Conference and Conference standings right now, it just hits those t- other teams so much different. It doesn't make sense, even if it is basketball, which is something Vanderbilt has a history in. Yeah. Jeff Green didn't travel. I don't know what that is, but that's like etched in Vanderbilt lore. There's so much like Vanderbilt lore, Shane Foster, you know. Um, Matt, I'm thinking of the recent ones, too. Like, we have had some studs. Wade Baldwin, Matt, Matthew Fisher-Davis, Darius Garland, Scarlett mm-hmm. Piper Jr. There's, you know, been a Fisher lot Davis of Fisher-Davis loves getting on Twitter, too. He loves Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun game tonight. We might drop a Bruno's bets later on in this one. Just Not right now. Be aware, young Devlin. Just be very aware. Be on as some would Kentucky, say. Because Kentucky, I toes. think, is minus seven or six. It's one of the last two. I saw was six. Okay, seems like a lot. It does seem like a lot. Seems but then like you have to remember, lot. Kentucky has a terrible away schedule mm-hmm. or away record. Excuse me. Vanderbilt is seven and four, I believe, at home. They're playing at Memorial. So, the odds, numbers-wise, if you look at just those, the matchup and location, it's in Vanderbilt's favor. Typically, this is where we were going to talk to Alex Darty uh, of A to Z Sports. I I, I was going to talk about this with him just to get his thoughts because I don't even think I brought it up to you. I, I honestly doubt you have kept up with this story at all. The All-Star weekends, All-Star breaks, Pro Bowl, whatever you have, outside of baseball – the home run derby is probably king out of all of them, I think, in my opinion. Pro Bowl this year for football is going to be a flag football game and more skills involved. They're going to play dodgeball, I think, again. Who cares? It's it's pretty stupid and lame. Uh, basketball, the, the dunk contest is up there. That one's fun. But it's really gone down in it's, recent years. It's gone down. NHL All-Star, they have a uh, – they, they're adding some stuff to it this year, and I want to I get your thoughts on this because – even that one still, it even when it was – I remember when it was here in Nashville and the lack of enthusiasm. I don't think I was on – we weren't on this show when they did it, but I was definitely on the airs on this on this station. The lack of enthusiasm I saw from, like, Nashville for that event was, was pretty shocking to me, at least, uh, to not see people get very excited about it. They uh, So here's a few of the things that they're going to add. One is called Splash Shot. If you have any idea what that would be, Splash Shot. It's like a skills game. It's basically a, a dunk, like a tank dunk I knew game. it. I knew it. I don't know why I said anything. I don't know why I let you keep talking. <laughs> so they're going to be using uh, uh, or what they're going to be doing is they're going to be eight shooters, two on each divisional team, and players will compete head-to-head, and are required to hit all targets before attempting to dunk their opponents. But if no one gets dunked, it's going to be an awful idea. I mean, if everyone misses, right? Yes. Like, er, like I don't know how far. Which, these players are going to be extremely hungover for this event, too. So Talk about that. It's the all-star of, are you kidding me? Have you ever – all right, so I'll tell you this right now. How many people love the NFL Top 100? I think they do a great job producing it. Mm-hmm. Look at the eyes of half of those people talking. 
hilarious. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. They are either faded out of their mind. If you don't know what that means, that's slang for high on marijuana, very high. Or they're wasted. Not a lot of people get wasted in the NFL. NFL is more of a of a weed culture and league. But Taylor Luan was hammered on the NFL Top 100 when he was all pro three years ago, I think it was. I mean, dude was just hammered out of his mind. That was the NFL All-Stars. You think the NHL are any different? No. Hockey people party. They <laughs> go hard. They're tough on the ice. They're tough off of it. So, I don't expect if they have to hit multiples for anybody to get dunked. I do not see that happening. I don't. I'm going to be straight up honest. <laughs> so, that that's one of the events they're adding to this. Uh, another one is called the Pitch and Puck. So this one is including golf inside of it. Mm. Live golf not going to be a part of it, but uh, this is the description for this: pitch and puck, using a combination of golf and or sorry hockey and golf shots. Six NHL All Stars will play a par four course featuring an island green. Lowest score wins the competition. If there's a tie, the few for the fewest shots, the longest drive will determine the winner. <laughs> it's getting a little too gamey. Do you feel like that? I would rather watch these guys have a beer fest like match off. <laughs> I would. Like Das Boot? Yeah. Das the Boot. Das Boot. boot. <laughs> <laughs> Are you surprised I've seen that movie? Yes, I am, I'm very shocked, but it's a great movie. It's, it's hilarious. I mean, when. Uh, yeah, when the end part of the boot hits and just. Spin it! <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'd much rather see that. Another one is Tendy Tandem. Uh, one goalie from each division will be designated the shooting goalie, and one in the net goalie, uh, or sorry, the in-net goalie, the shooting goalie from a division will take a shot from a designated mark at a net. Three points will be earned if the shot goes in the hole. Two points if the shot hits the in-net target. No points if the shot misses the net. The in-net goalie from the opposing division will face three, two, or one players, depending on the points earned by the shooting goalie. A save earns an in-net goalie the points based on the number of players face the goalie tandem with the most po total points. Yeah, the goalie tandem with the most points. There are four other events returning to the competition also in this Hey, one. man, no wonder Nashville wasn't pumped up. This sounds like it sucks. It this sounds it, awful. It, but, you know, how do you make the All-Star games better? You don't. You cancel them. Just have an all-star list and stop doing these games because that sounds that sounds like that sounds terrible. I don't wouldn't want to go. You could give me free tickets to go watch that, and I wouldn't do it. <laughs> They're still gonna have the fastest skater, hardest shot, breakaway challenge, and the accuracy. They should shooting. have an ice. They should have a figure skating competition. That would be dope. <laughs> like with like Not the hockey players. Yes, like Blades of Glory style. Like make a routine. <laughs> give them a hundred. The, give them a hundred k to win. Definitely, you you've seen Blades of Glory, right? What, what triple axle or whatever? Yeah, what's the move? What's the move that like kills people? I, I don't know what it's called. I know what you're the talking Lotus? about. Yes, yes, the Lotus. Yeah, the flying Lotus. The flying like that? Lotus. Yeah. That's hundred percent what it is. Yeah, I want I want to see I want to see the Lotus. One of the players go for the Lotus. I want to see them fight each other. Gloves off. Yeah, that's square up. The, I, and I did think about that too, but you would have to pay them above UFC grade because. Yeah, <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah, they're giving more money to fight. They're like UFC UFC's getting involved with them because you know they got golf involved with this, so it's just golf though. It's just sport. But say the UFC got involved and they threw a couple, couple, uh, you know, enforcers, if you will, into a cage together just to go at it. Yeah, I don't. 
I don't know what to do. I don't think they would want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I don't know how to get everyone on board with an all star. I, I just think that the I think the ideas are just I think it's just a dated idea. The all star X like because they had what they had the the all star team for the NFL playing Madden. Who? Who? Yeah. The, I mean, unbelievable. that was the COVID year, right? Yeah. They were just trying to cancel, figure it out. Why would just cancel it? Cancel it. Which the the coordinator, whoever holds the position, doesn't want that to happen. They're like, no, 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 no. We can find something cool to do. <laughs> <laughs> we can play Madden. Let's play Madden again. <laughs> yeah, flag football. Nobody. What are they, is offensive lineman going to be in that? They should. Defensive be. lineman. Like, how? What are they going to do? Block? Hey, man. I always said, like, just change the positions, and that would be fun. Like, just have receivers and DBs. Like, you have to land or a certain weight to line up on, on the O-line or D-line. Oh, uh, I and see what the, you're saying. Yeah, all the fat boys go skill. All the skilled boys go line. And then they just play a game of football like that. That'd be funny to me. That would be funny, yeah. And you have, like, a kicker as the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is, is your running back. Just tell the guys be performative <laughs> with it. You know? Just have fun. And Do you remember the year J.J. Watt in the Pro Bowl, like, was like, I'm taking this serious? No. You remember? You don't remember that? I remember there was one year, and he was like, "No, we're we're gonna play. I'm go, I'm going full speed." And he did it for like two reps, and then people were like, "Like you could tell people on the field were like, stop. <laughs> like, what are you doing?'" <laughs> but he was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna hit somebody." He probably felt embarrassed. Yeah, no, because he was the only one doing it, and everybody was like, "No, don't do this anymore." Yeah, no, I totally remember that. Six one five eight four four fifty six hundred. If you want to jump in, final segment coming up back after this here on the afternoon stretch. Good afternoon. It's pretty heavy over here on 40 East, just trying to get past. Fessler's uh, stop and go sometimes on 24 East at the Sutherland Evans Bridge, right when you come past Shelby. Heavy north of town, up through Madison on 65, just fighting your way up to Vietnam Vets. All the traffic up towards uh, Robertson County still looks pretty good. A steady flow of traffic continues I-40 out through the Wilson County area through Mount Julian. Snapdragon Hemp, serving up lab-tested top-shelf hemp products across Tennessee, edibles, flowers, concentrates. You can order online at snapdragon420.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Located at 5410 Murfreesboro Road in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers is one-stop shopping for all your liquor, beer, and wine needs and has been a multiple winner annually in the best of Rutherford County voting for best liquor store and top wine shop. Featuring the lowest prices, the best customer service with unsurpassed knowledge, City Slickers offers the largest craft beer selection in Rutherford and southeastern Davidson counties and has beer on tap at its Growler Filling Station. City Slickers also sells mixers, sodas, snacks, tobacco products, and the Tennessee Lottery and can place special orders and assist with all your events and even wedding planning. Make sure you follow City Slickers on all their social media or just give them a call at 615-280-7469. That's 615-280-7469. Located in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers. Attention. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, this message is for you. Congress has passed $80 billion in funding to more than double the size of the IRS. 87,000 new IRS employees means more audits, collections, and penalties. This will make the IRS larger than the Pentagon, State Department, FBI, and Border Control combined. Now is the time to call Civic Tax Relief. I owe the IRS $37,000. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time every Everything was completed. I didn't know the IRS anything. Their tax resolution specialists can stop the IRS from taking money out of your paycheck. With civic- 
tax relief, they were able to save me upwards of $80,000 that I would have had to pay. For your free tax relief information, call now. 800-841-0908. 800-841-0908. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. 800-841-0908. Tee it up this Thursday through Sunday at Edwin Watts Golf Shops for the Callaway Fitting Event and be the first to score the new Paradigm Woods and Irons. The woods are engineered with forged carbon to maximize distance and forgiveness. The irons feature a forged face for increased launch speed and spin. A new paradigm in performance. Go to WorldwideGolfShops.com and reserve your free custom fitting experience happening this Thursday through Sunday. Edwin Watts Golf Shops, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. Exclusive Nashville Sports Radio WNSR Skyscan forecast for this afternoon. Increasing clouds, a high of 51 expected. Rain likely tonight. Overnight low 41 degrees with windy conditions and east-northeast wind at 35 miles per hour. Call in now to the afternoon stretch, 615-844-5600 and be the most talented person on the show. Trending on Twitter right now. Paul of very good for Scott Rowland, which got to agree with. Scott Rowland, I'm, I'm very shocked out of the list of names that were on here to get in uh, is is pretty crazy. I, I, I Scott Rowland, good player. I don't think there's – I don't know if he's got a real – Hall of Fame resume? Yeah. But it just is what it is. Uh, you know, that, that – that, it almost feels like, too, that because of the narrative, how tough the Baseball Hall of Fame is to get into, that it almost has to, like, live up to that. So there's almost like a like a creation of, we're not going to let in some obvious names and then bring in one that's kind of crazier yeah, and a little bit more edgier. Hey, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you something that was uh, in, in the sphere of all what we do. Because right. I, think, I think people have entirely too many opinions on announcing crews. Like, who cares? It's very subjective, yeah. I've seen a million articles on how cool and awesome Gre- Greg Olson is and how out of favor Tony Romo has fallen in these broadcasting booths. How does anyone notice this stuff? I don't know. It just doesn't. It's like it's – they're acting like it's all part of the game. I don't know if you have any strong opinions on it. Yeah, I do. Um, it's funny. Because, you know, being a part of it. Because I, I, I like that account awful announcing because it, yeah. like, it it has news around us. But to make such statements, like what what defines good? Like, oh, no, Tony Romo doesn't magically call out the plays anymore as or as much, you know. He kind of set the standard for himself a little too high too early maybe. Maybe. Uh, it's also, you think about it, it's every year he's further away from playing the game. So yeah, you know, eventually your brain just kind of starts – Trending another direction. Yeah, you know. Uh I, I I think it's it's first off, it's really subjective. No matter what, if you're doing a game of like that nature, because what was the he was doing the him and Jim Nance were doing the Bills and the the Bengals, no matter what, you are either you're gonna be hated by the team that is losing because it is your job to talk about the excitement of what's happening in the game, right? Mm-hmm. It's your it's completely your job. And the excitement of the game is the team that's scoring the ball. In that game, it was the Bengals who were scoring the ball. So people who are Buffalo Bills fans 
are like, all they do is talk good about the Buffalo, or sorry, all they do is talk about good about the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, duh. Because they're they're d- doing the most good. It's, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Every announcer gets it. Their job going in there, do they have favorites on the team? Absolutely. There's places and, and people that are favored on the team. Uh, but their job, no matter what, is to talk big about the game itself. And it's just whoever in there. But every time, the losing team is always going to say the announcers are for the other team because they're talking so good about it. Unless you're a Cowboys fan, then you're going to agree with everyone that hates your team. Yeah, (laughs) slowly. Uh, But I don't know. Yeah, Greg Olson is just so new, too, to it all. And I think he's doing a good job. But, like, is he doing – I met him. He's cool. Yeah. Uh, I think he's he's a good guy. And, you know, I I love Jim Nance and Tony Roma together. I think there's – Tony Romo brings this kind of casual football fan vibe to it, I like, you know, personally. But it's all so subjective. I mean, you know the amount of people that hate Joe Buck. Like, there's a reason why that guy continues to be one of the highest paid play-by-play guys in the world, though. You know, it, it's just there. there is – these guys are good at what they do. Um, it's just so subjective to what you like. It's very, it's very tough because this isn't just football. It's, it's, it's all sports. Like the UFC, the half of the conversation about a UFC card is about the commentators. They're like, Daniel Cormier sucks on this one. Michael Bisbee sucks on this one. Dominic Cruz sucks on this one. Joe Rogan needs to get off. John Anik is the goat of all goats. Like it's half the conversation is about announcers, not even about. It's cra- it's great. It's got and it feels like it gets more every year. Like people care. I probably talked about this on air. It's a little touchy subject, I imagine, in these parts. There is a list of people that are professional play-by-play people in in this area that think Mike Keith is bad at his job. Mm-hmm. They yeah. think he's bad at his job. Look, I grew up listening to Mike I Keith. I love Mike Keith. I love Mike I, Keith. I don't know how many people. I was driving back from the LSU-Tennessee game. We drove back, and we listened to the entire Titans game, Mike mm-hmm. Keith call. And it's great. There was not a, not a critical thought popped up in any of our heads. I think love he does it. a tremendous job, but – People that are definitely, and I think most people in Tennessee love what mm-hmm. Mike Keith does. I, I think it's like the one cultural people, thing the team really has. Yeah, he's been the only guy to do it yeah. here in the area. So, uh, I, but there's a lot of people that would say that have gone and they're the formal version of play by play. And Mike Keith isn't the formal version of play by play. He's just not. not. That's his whole thing. You know that that I think that's something that's brilliant about him. But it's also. I'm very biased because, like I said, I grew up listening to him. I grew up here in Nashville. I, I remember listening to – little baby. You knew nothing. Going, you were eating Wendy's three times a day, by the way. I, well, yeah. I, I also wasn't – like, even when I was in Chattanooga at UTC, I, I wouldn't watch the Titans games on, on, on television. I would listen to Mike Keith because it, it, was, it, was, you know, it was like a connection of home, I guess, to me yeah. almost. So I would get in my car and drive around and listen to Titans games all the time. That was what I was doing. So I'm a fan of Mike Keith. And I do play-by-play in this area. Maybe I'm – because I, I'm not the formal version of I just know there's a lot of people, but it's so subjective. You ask a Titans fan, they love Mike Keith. You ask a person here in the Middle Tennessee area that might do play-by-play, they think, ah, he's not that great. But it's 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 just so subjective. Hope. Yeah, you know, it's just – it's it's such a subjective job. And, like, and, I think he sucks, and I suck too, so maybe I'll get And it. I want people to understand, there's no one specific name that I'm thinking of because I've asked a lot of different people in the business, and they would argue that they think he's not – a great play-by-play person, but I think he, I think he is because those people maybe didn't grow up listening to him. I grew up with, I have a childhood connection to him 
who at one point I probably, when I started doing play-by-play, I would emulate him because that's who I listen to, as most people do, because nothing's original in this world in any art form. But, yeah, there, there, there would be a strong tension of that, that people would say he's not good. I think he's great, but it's just it's my cup of tea. And, and really, that's that, that, it's bigger thoughts, like music or anything like that. If you like certain things, other people might not like it because they just don't like it. And so sportcasting is so strange to me how people every, have such hard it becomes it. such a subset of the game mm-hmm. so quickly because that's who you're hearing from. That's who you're talking to. And there's some that just frankly just blend in. And you're just like whatever, you know? And there's some that love it. I don't know if there's the the group that did SEC uh football for so long for uh SEC Saturdays on CBS. I don't you never heard a bad word about those kind of guys. Uh, those people doing it. Never, you never heard about that crew in a bad light, but it's because they're just so synonymous with the history of it. And really, it's starting to become a bigger deal, too, because networks are just like, let's put Pat McAfee and Taylor Lewan and let's mix up. Well, Why don't we put Rambo on there, too? Steven Seagal, you're going to be on call next week. It know? is adapting. It's very much adapting, and I think that's something that's, that's going to be strange to see um, how the future of play-by-play is. Because I've also had those discussions with people that – you know, the, the mega cast stuff, which is what kind of started that, like, alt, you know, alt broadcast. Well, the on cast the really brought into the mainstream. Yeah, into the mainstream. For a long time, there's been streamers on Twitch and Absolutely. whatever. That, the Tatman's huge with it. They do it. They watch the game, and they do their own version of it, and, and fans can interact. I'll even say something, like, local, as, as hyper-local that I've seen, my full count rhythm stuff that I do with my, my, my compadre, Tim Reese. Uh, he, we sit there, and one of the best – things that we hear about the broadcast is that we interact with the families of the kids that are playing because you know there's it's collegiate so there's kids from all over the country that are coming here to play uh in these leagues and the you know the grandmas and grandpas or aunts and uncles who aren't going to be able to see the games unless we had that broadcast they would have no idea well we're talking directly to them so they become like part of the the conversation of the play-by-play and i'm thinking oh well this is why people love the manning cast because Manicast is having different voices on, talking about the game, showing up tweets, looking out stuff uh, that are immediately talking about them. That's why they love it. If the next evolution, if they could really figure it out to get play-by-play, and that's Twitch and, like you said, Tim the Tatman, why he's so big with it, it's because he's able to sit there and talk to the chat the whole time about the game, and you're more interlocked to watching the game. If Joe Buck and Troy Aikman – going to attach Twitch to, like, their Thursday Night Football. If they could – I'm telling you, that's the way to to move it up into the next realm. If you're able to put a live chat, it would be impossible. Because no, the crazy stuff be. that could possibly happen it out of it. Be. You couldn't do it. Advertisers wouldn't allow it. Yeah, but if you were able to find a way to maybe behind a paywall of some sort. It where have to be like a social security number with a threat of arrest. Yes, <laughs> yes. Would, and you had a live chat going through the game that the announcers were directly speaking with and you would be more engaged in the game, it would blow up. It would go huge. You know, Joe Joe Buck, or I'm just picking out Joe Buck's name just for the Monday Night Football side of it, but Joe Buck talking to, you know, Salty Caramel Triple X on, you know, says, why did they run that play? You know, you would be like, he said my username. I want more. I want more, you know. Or you put the big thing, you put the you put the real questions. You can have a chat, but the questions that get forwarded, to, forwarded through you are through a paywall. Yes. A donation. Yes. I'm just saying, that seems like a real adaptation that's going to happen one day. Because people love the real side of play. We have the idea, we just don't have the platform to execute. 
I, I think I think there's something to it. People just love the connection. The that's why they like Manicast. Manicast is like you're you're it feels like you're sitting in a living room. Don't worry, they're they're making muzzles for the Oculus Quest now, the head the metaverse headset. They're making muzzles that you can talk into and, and breathe through. <laughs> it's moving a little too fast for people. <laughs> it's, it's moving so fast they have to fire eleven percent of their workforce. Yeah. Uh, uh. But it just you know they, they, people like the just like sitting in your living room talking ball kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. There is a there is a dolled up sense of like what play by play on like the main networks feels like, where it feels very mechanical. You know, it's just it's not it's not inviting. It's just talking. You know, uh, I, I think that that's why you see like s- subtle things that even like Chris Collins were sliding into the frame. You know, something like that. People like go crazy about it because it just seems so minutia but we love it because it's just you know he's just making his way into the fray that's all it is it's not like he's like all right now slide in you know we just but it's all just so mechanical that any way you can make it feel like they're more in your living room just hanging out which is what manicast because remember manicast was supposed to be an addition to the broadcast it wasn't supposed to be a main broadcast it was supposed to be on espn plus and all that it was for one year the next year nope they put it behind all their cable avenues espn 2 that was the only way you could watch it because they were like, so many people are enjoying this. We have to get them on the main. Note. Can't just put them on ESPN Plus. That's not fair. We're giving the games away for free, basically. They're they're wanting to put it on the main networks because it's just fun. It's a different way to look at it. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. I have a lot of thoughts hey. about that. If you haven't noticed, to go back to your question. Hey, big big for me. Power slaps tomorrow. Oh, it is. It's dis- get every, it off TBS. You know, every I mean? day people are like, this is disgusting, and I'm gonna watch it. I'm going to watch it on a watch party with my buddies because it is just so new. I might have to get on that with you. Yeah. I'll, we'll be there. Yeah. We'll oh, be there yeah. when it's airing. I'll be streaming it. It's just, it's it's a, uh, it's it's such a crazy, I mean, it is violent. It, it it is take a, a wild guess in your head if you're a viewer of the, of the show, of the afternoon stretch for our last moments. Take a wild guess in your head how much the people are getting paid for power slapping. A confirmed report came out from an ex-MMA fighter about what he was offered. $2,000 to show up and an extra $2,000 if you won. (laughs) Four grand for a guaranteed concussion. Four grand. (laughs) And mind you, after taxes, that is going to be about $2,800. You have a team also. I mean, twenty eight. Ain't none of these dudes have teams. They're just know. they're flying out there and then they're collecting a twenty eight hundred dollar check to get uh, knocked out and not be able to defend themselves. It is insane. What so? And it really fits with the people that are on the show right now that they're doing it for four grand. If that makes any sense. Lock of the night. We didn't get to play the music. Under 143. That's the 143 and a half is the over under Kentucky and, and Vandy. I'm taking under. the under. Under, 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 under. Moral magic. Vandy boys. They got it. Ugly game. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to take a winner. I'm going to take the under in that one. I love it. Under 143. Put it in the books. All right. We are done. Remember, if nobody's told you, I love you and you matter. Have a great night. We'll be back tomorrow here on Nashville Sports Radio.